Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest, sales management professional, Bo Stevens. Hey, what you drinking? Okay, so we're in it, guys. There, there is no setup at all for this conversation because I'm reaching back now. You have heard me have conversations with some of my mentors. You've heard me have conversations with folks that I went to college with. I'm going to go all the way back because this dude is is probably outside of family. The only guy that has known me for, man, almost almost four decades, man. Almost wow. four decades. That's, this wow. is crazy. And we've recently reconnected on a couple of different things. So, Bo Stevens, come on into the room, man. Yes, sir. Galen Bingham, what an introduction. That's fantastic. And let me just say, for those of you that listen to your podcast, your your guest list is, is strong. And they come with resumes. And so tonight might be a little less of a resume, but if people enjoy hearing two old friends talk to one another, they are really going to dig this one. I, I, I mentioned in the setup that you and I go back a long ways. You and I actually go back to, I don't even know how old we were. We were just barely entering into high school together at the same time. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to say ninth grade, right? That That feels about right. Ninth grade. And uh, both of us were bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and crazy about basketball. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when I think about the definition of, uh, we used to call them gym rats. I don't know what they call them anymore. But we, we were like right up in there. <laughs> so I, we, I don't we, think there was an invitation from either side that ever went unaccepted, meaning, hey, I can get us <laughs> in the gym or hey, you want to go play? You were always a yes, and I was always a yes, when you think about it. 
That's all it ever took. That's all it ever took. So, man, I, I got a lot. I got a lot to catch up on. This is going to be a great conversation uh, because y- you're doing a lot of things that really cause us to get back together. So I got a lot of questions for you. But my first question, and this is the question that really kind of sets everything off, right? Because we've already had more conversation than we should have before I ask this question. So let me go ahead and get this thing started off by asking so what you drinking? Well, I'll answer the question. Uh, I am drinking George Dickel, Tennessee whiskey, barrel select. And the significance of that is there are multiple. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee, so I had to be true. And I've lived in Tennessee longer than I've lived everywhere, anywhere in my life. So I, I guess it's home. I hate to say that, but Oklahoma City, where you and I met, is, is home as well. My folks still live there, my older brother. But Tennessee is where I've put my roots and raised my family, my immediate family. And so in honor of you and a story you told on a previous podcast, your listeners will remember about your trip to the George Dickel uh, distillery. And, and I have to laugh because you, you big time them and said, give me one of everything you have. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, it's only appropriate that I honor Tennessee and Galen by getting a really good bottle of barrel select from George Dickel. All right. All right. Well, I'll tell you, man, that, that's some pretty, that's some pretty good. That's some pretty good stuff, man. I appreciate that. You know, since I knew you were going to be drinking some George Dickel, I thought okay. that um, I might go ahead and do something that we weren't smart enough, or maybe we were smart enough not to do <laughs> when we were 14 years old. And that okay. is going to share some George Dickel with you, man. I don't think we, we didn't plan this. this we was did not, not man. Hey, man. So I'm, I've cracked this open. This is the, I'm going to go with the 14 year because wow. they said you only bring out the 14 years when you got really, really good friends. And I think that this qualifies. I'm going to go ahead and pour this 14 year. And man, before you get started, uh, I think it's only appropriate that we cheers, man. Absolutely. Cheers. Good times. There we go. All right. Well, hey, man, while I enjoy this 14 year with you, talk a little bit about your story. Talk a little bit about, you know, you shared about how we met, but uh, the world has changed a lot for both of us since that time. And I'd love for you to just kind of work in what you're doing now and, uh, you know, really want to focus on how you've turned one of your other passions you know, we, we both had a passion for basketball, but man, you you forever was trying to get me to go bass fishing. And I never, I never took you up on it. And now you're like the dude, you're like Mr. <laughs> bass Fisherman. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know about that, but, I, but I'll, I'll give a little bit of my background. So yes, uh, I grew up in a household. My dad was an outdoorsman and was in, was a, a salesman. Uh, my youth for Browning Arms Company, they made, of course, guns, but they made fishing tackle as well. But my father and I, he introduced me to bass fishing early on, and that it has been a passion throughout my life, even through athletics and everything. So, yes, and I have embraced that lately with some other podcasts and things. And 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 basically, I just have kind of said, well, why not? And to some invitations for some bass fishing social media stuff. So that's been a lot of fun. 
Uh, I have had a career in sales and sales management early on, followed my dad's footsteps, was in the sporting goods business and traveled a lot. And then as I started to have a family, uh, I have four children uh, that are fantastic, wonderful kids, twins, Allie and Riley, girls, and a son, Cameron, and another daughter, Hannah Claire, that have just enriched my life beyond belief. And my wife, Paige, is fantastic. Uh, runs her own interior design business. But I transitioned into medical sales selfishly because they had small territories and I could be available. And that was important to me. So as we get in our discussions about leadership, mine may be a little strange because, yes, there's leadership in business and that's what you do. And I want to talk about and I have a passion for that. But Maybe leadership starts at home. And I learned a lot of my leadership lessons from parenting, you know, and I, I'll, I'll tell you this. If you if you want to have some management training and leadership training, coach a fifth grade girls basketball team. <laughs> right. Adults in, in major corporations in corporate America. That's one thing. But coach a fifth grade girls basketball team. And tell, if anybody that's out there that's listening that has done that, they know what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh, that that is a true statement, man. That that is close. That is about as close to gospel as you can get <laughs> in management, yeah. man. Yeah, because uh, you you find out pretty quickly. You as the coach, your goals may not be aligned with the troops. <laughs> They're worried you, you, about the snack. They're worried about the. <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, I, about you a know, lot of that, things you hadn't thought about. That's really a good place to start because I, I did have that experience of coaching, and I, I'll tell you, I resisted coaching my daughter for the longest time because, uh, you know, I grew up with my, my dad as my coach uh, in a couple different sports. And there were some good, some good parts about that. But there were some pretty intense things around the basketball uh, that we talked about around the dinner table that I was like, you know, I just, I don't want to put my daughter through that. And so I resisted. And finally, another buddy of mine, really got on me and he's like, you know, Galen, you've got to give your daughter the opportunity to see other girls react to you when you talk about basketball. And so I, I, I said, okay, all right. And I ended up coaching her for about two years and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, did I learn a lot <laughs> because, and, and a great, you know, good. This is a great place to start because to your point, Everyone's out there for their own reasons. And you've got to find a way to adapt what you're trying to teach them in a way that's meaningful to them. <laughs> they're not all trying to make it to the, to, you know, to college or they're not all trying to play high school basketball. And, you know, that stuff doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a hot mess. It's much like managing a team of sales reps or a sales organization where, if you go down the line, different people have different goals and agendas and you're trying to get everybody in lockstep. And so I had a, uh, a director of sales I reported to who was fantastic and uh, he since passed away, but he meant a lot to me. And we had a term and I wish I had said it first, but he had a term one time and I was trying to describe the situation we were having on a sales team. And he looked at me and he said, so what you're saying, Bo, is he's not playing well with others. And I just went. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. You just saved this 20 minutes. So, so some of these concepts, we can make them complicated, but I think the best leaders 
in all walks of life can somehow simplify concepts mm. and communicate them directly and concisely. And so, you know, I put some thought into this before we met and thought about leaders that I've worked for or under and around that were really good. They could get to the heart of the matter quickly and communicate it concisely and move forward. You know, that's coaching and leadership. Oh, my. That's it. Exactly. That is it. Exactly. And, you know, you and I were talking just before this and we we're talking about how how many life and business principles that come from playing sports. I'll talk about myself. I didn't necessarily appreciate it when I was going through it, but I reference sports situations all the time, all the time. And I, I just, it, we were talking about that before, before we went live here, share how that's come into play for you. What are some, some sports situations that just really, really help you understand business situations or leadership situations? Well, uh, I will tell you from listening to you, Galen, some of the concepts that you have, like specifically freedom within a framework, you talk about that, right? And how people, you give them a framework and they can work in that. And, and it just keeps coming. But how I relate to that is like Tex Winter and Phil Jackson in the triangle offense, mm -hmm. right? There's a framework, but there's freedom within that to do whatever. Now, Let's be honest. In the fourth quarter, Jordan did whatever he wanted to do. But those first three quarters, there was some structure that everybody kind of understood. And I see that that related to me. I was like, oh, that relates to it. So I, I do that all the time. And I'm almost corny with it because it's just that reference point for me. But sports and life and parenting, for me, that's just all one big pot of gumbo that's rich and it's all stirred together. I can't separate it. I can't separate any of it. It's all right. life to me. Can you be successful in life if you're great at work and not good at home? Man, what a loss, you know, and, and vice versa. You, you got to bring some of that to work as well, right? And so I don't know if that's where you wanted to go with that, but the sports analogies, your, your freedom within a framework resonated with me. Yeah, I, I'll tell you too. I mean, what you just said reminded me of a conversation I had with with Greg Strauss and another guy that I've known for a long time, but more from a business standpoint. And he just talked about how there is such an overlap between work and personal life that only fools try to separate the two. Because if you are having a tough time at work, Try not bringing that at home. Try not bringing that home, right? You can give it a shot. And if your home life isn't working, I don't care how good you are at work. If your home life is, life is not working, you're going to bring some of that into your work life. And so to your point about, I, I don't know when one stops and other ends, I can relate to that. I can relate to that a lot. Yeah. And I think, I think it speaks to uh, some, of your, some of your guests have talked about being authentic. I mean, in Galen, we you know, there was a big time lapse, but, you know, I knew you in high school and now we've reconnected. I mean, you're the same person, right? I'm talking to the same guy that used to beat me in one-on-one -on -one and box me out and <laughs> give me the business, but you're the same guy. And I don't, I mean, real leaders are authentic. I've, I've done my own quote study or ob observations on who's successful. There's not a formula of A, B, C, D. There are processes and you talk about those and you do a wonderful job fleshing those out and giving us tools. Those are the tools. 
but the actual carpenter has to be authentic to himself to use those tools. And that's what people ultimately find out is, are you authentic? You know, you can be loud and boisterous and you can, if that's who you are, then you better be who you are and be on. But if you're, if you're, you're not that, then don't try to be that. And mm. people sense that out, especially young people, right? <sighs> young people sniff that out way quicker than adults, I think. Right. You try being fake with some teenagers these days. You can't. They, uh-uh, I have nothing to do with you. And so I think real leaders are authentic to who they are and they figure out how to do that. You know, real leaders care about people that work for them. I don't know how you coach people to care. You know, I was thinking about that. Like if I had to coach leaders, what would I tell them? I'm like, I'll leave that up to Galen because I don't I don't know. How do you tell somebody to be yourself? You know? That reminds uh, me of, it's been a while since I quoted Miles Davis, but I'm going to quote Miles Davis. He said, and this is one of my favorite quotes from him. He said, sometimes you got to play a long time to learn how to play like yourself. And I think every leader, they know who they are, but it takes courage to step into that because you have this tendency to think, well, this guy before me was really successful and you know, he always wore a blazer and he tilted his head to the left when he when he gave instructions. So I'm going to, you know, just to be safe, I'm going to put on a blazer and a couple of times I might tilt my head to the left. But, you know, th- if that's not you, you got to have courage to step into that and say, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is how I flow. I'll be flexible to what you're trying to do. But, you know, this is me. And I think your point about the triangle offense, because if you go back to the to the late 80s, and the 90s, the triangle offense was giving folks trouble in basketball because they couldn't figure out the patterns. They couldn't figure out the play, right? Sometimes they go left, sometimes they go right. The pattern was, we give you the ball and here are your options, go do what you do. And that was the triangle offense because I think it fits in nicely with what you're saying about you know, freedom within a framework, having the confidence to be yourself, and um, just the authentic authenticity. It does get complicated when the, when the company is pushing you in one direction and is telling you one thing and maybe you're a different thing. And that's where you've encouraged me, you know, to find your fit, you know, and then, uh, you know, but most of us need a job and most of us got to make it work. And, you know, it gets com- it gets complicated because, yeah, I would love to be authentic, but they don't like me coming in and Air Jordans. They tell me I got to wear these shoes. Okay? <laughs> And you better tilt your head to the left. <laughs> hey, yep, you know, one of the sure. things, and you 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 mentioned this already, uh, and this is really, really important. I, I don't know that I hear a lot of people talking about this, is you made specific decisions about your business career based on what you wanted to do personally. You said, hey, look, I'm a Tennessee dude. I, I want to stay in this specific geography. You you might have some opportunities in California, but I'm not the one you're looking for, right? You might have some opportunities in Massachusetts. Uh, I can recommend somebody, but it's not me. But just to to have the self-awareness to know who you are, what you require as a person, this isn't necessarily just about business, but as a person, this is what you require and then to be able to stand by the implications of that, right? Talk a little bit about how tough that was 
to maybe it wasn't tough at all to say this is who I am this is what I'm about and if and if it means that I get passed up for some opportunities to do what's right for me and my family that's the call I got to make yeah uh thanks for asking that so I, wow thinking back on it it just happened i just made that decision you know i don't know that i weighed all of the options and said Oh, but I'm going to miss this, these opportunities and I might make more money or be further along. It, it, for me, it was just taking some time and going, no, I should be able to find a job here and be able to do this. And then I, I started seeking that. As somebody one time told me that we were at a sales meeting at a cocktail hour. And, oh, you live over at Hilton Head. That must be nice. And they were kind of giving him a hard time for living in Hilton Head on the beach and this, that, and the other. And he looked at everybody with his drink in his hand. He said, you know where you live is a choice, right? Like you get to choose. You know, nobody said anything. I was like, you know what? Hadn't heard it put that way, but he's right. We have choices. And so sometimes there are points in life where you get to decide who you want to be. And at that point, I just did. I didn't know how it was going to end up, Galen. I just made that decision and thought, well, I got to figure this out. I, I wish I could tell you it was more complicated than that, but it really wasn't at the time. It, re- it really was. It's just a choice. Hey, I think parenting's important. What I didn't realize at the time is how fast it was going to go. And I'm glad I made that choice to those that are listening that maybe are younger or whatever. But when it goes by quickly, because once they become teenagers, they have other, they're kind of set. They have other agendas. Your time is limited. And then, hey, I can make a change now, right? My kids are older now. I can make choices now. Oh, my gosh. Uh, You know, and one of the things you said, man, I just really love, you said that life is a choice. And there are times when you don't think that you have a choice. You think that there's this, I've got to do this thing, but you always have a choice. You you know, I I had a conversation with... um, Jim Dinkins, uh, a few episodes ago, he is currently the CEO of Honey of the Honey Baked Ham Company. When I met him, he was coming up a rising star within Coca-Cola. And he just shared with me, this will come to find out this wasn't his originally, but boy, I ascribed it to him. He said, you know, the only choices you really have in life is your effort and your attitude. And that's really what you get to lock into. And so many times we get to feeling like everything's a requirement and that we don't have options. But I love the way you're saying you get to you get to choose where you live. You get to choose how you show up. You get to choose you know, how much of a father you are. Why do you suspect so many people get that wrong and feel like they have to work 80 hours a week and they have to move to California and they have to, you know, do all these things, which if they were to take a step back, they really don't. Why do you think so many people get that wrong? I don't want to diminish some people are making the choice, are in circumstances, and they are making their choice to help family or stay here. And when they say, I can't move, maybe they're saying, I don't want to, right? The best thing for me is this. And so that they are choosing that. And that is the right decision, though maybe it may be the more difficult decision that there are people in tough situations. And I'm not demeaning that. But within those situations, I think if people examine it and they investigate it, they probably can can make a plan and get to where they want to go. That, that's what I think. Yeah, I love it. I think you're right. 
All right, now it's, it's time for you to it's time for you to knock me over the head, man. Because um, we for for the next few minutes we're gonna change the name of this podcast from whiskey, jazz, and leadership to whiskey, bass fishing, and basketball. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm gonna interrupt just for a second because I'm gonna be honest, Galen. When I heard whiskey, jazz, and leadership, and you were doing this, I did not get it. I did not. I didn't understand the correlation, but. The correlation is this is Galen, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I, I that's what I said. Well, we may have to change the podcast. <laughs> some of my interests, clearly, right? I, I, and I, I get it. You're being authentic to yourself. You're being elite because that's what you like and what you're into, you know. And you know, one of my things is bass fishing, and I dig that. I like being out. I like everything about it. It changes by season and daily and weather conditions and trying to catch them and you're in the great outdoors god created i just i love everything about it it's a common thread that my father and i had and we we have spent lots of days on the water together we would not have done that if we didn't have that same interest and sometimes i have as i've gotten older i've wondered am i just trying to replicate my dad taking me fishing and how much fun that was for me when i was really small, you know, really young. So talk to me a little bit about, because you, you, I think you may have tried like three or four times. And then after I said, no, the fourth time, you know, it was, you know, it was done. I I don't blame you. It was done. But tell me about what, what is it like to be out there in the water Waiters or no waiters? You got the waiters? No, 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 no. Okay, so educate me, educate me on what I missed out because I could have been taught by one of the masters of bass fishing. So, so <laughs> tell me what I miss, uh, what I would have gotten had I gone out and taken you up on the opportunity to go out and do some bass fishing. Well, there's a reason why there's a reference called a fish story, because there's usually, if you go on a good fishing trip, you always come back with a story And I just mentioned the other day to somebody that had some great fish catch and everything. And I just commented on social media, like, you'll remember that the rest of your life. No matter what you forget and how old you get, you will remember that catch the rich. And so there's always a, there seems to always be an event or a story. Crazy things happen when you go fishing, but bass fishing is, it's really kind of crazy when you think about it. These guys have boats that go 60, 70 miles an hour down the lake and you go flying down the Tennessee river and then you pull up into a spot and then you quiet, put the trolling motor down and start fishing. You know, you race and then you move around. But, you know, we've taken it to a competitive level now, a lot of bass fishermen. But for me, the most enjoyment is with another individual that shares that passion and kind of teaching and learning from one another techniques and it changes and that whole experience and the camaraderie of being in the outdoors. I really enjoy it. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.